0: Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Hey, well, yes, today we continue our series entitled, What Did Jesus Do? We've been talking about the things that he actually did so that we can pursue that type of Uh, model, that lifestyle. We want to look more like Jesus. And it's important to hear what he had to say and to even regurgitate vocally what he had to say. But man, it's more about the fruit, right? And so we've been talking about looking at uh, different areas of Jesus's life and his actions, right? Uh, and what He did so that we can look like Him more, really. And the ultimate reason is to make an impact for the kingdom of God in this community. But I, before we get to that, I just want to highlight last week. We had our Sanctity of Life weekend, and it was awesome. Man, what an important thing. And as you uh, remember, we, were, we we just took some time to celebrate and honor how... Every stage of life is sacred, from the womb all the way to the tomb. And we had some local partners here uh, that were in our uh, lobby and that were that that represented different areas. Of sacred life. And so we had one organization, CareNet, that helps uh, uh, women and, and uh, folks that are in um, a crisis pregnancy situation. And we talked about that. And we had uh, an adoption organization here. And there was just a lot of really, really cool different organizations that speak to these areas that we deem sacred. In fact, there was some pretty cool stuff. There was a couple different families that were excited about the idea. They've been trying to uh, adopt a child for a long time. And through this particular one, they were able to connect and they were just blown away by the resources that are in this community that they didn't even know about. And it was just like awesome. And even in the chat, Pastor Eric, like there were people that were like, like, you know, when you at somebody, it's like, it's like you want to send that information to them. Like there was like, those are just going boom, boom, boom. So I'm excited just to see the fruit Of just that one organization through what we did on this this past Sunday. And then another organization and uh, uh, let us know some opportunities for women that were transferring out of a domestic violence situation. And then one of the coolest ones was a couple different uh, girls let us know that because of what you spoke on, uh, they have decided to go along with their pregnancy. So that's a beautiful thing. And that's what this is all about. And we're just so, so great. So thank you to all of us that were uh, in support of that, and so many people made that happen. It was a massive kind of uh, 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 management process, but it, it was really, really cool, and we like to do that uh, on an annual basis. So if you missed any of that, right, it's all all cataloged online, so you can go and watch that and be a part of it. Those organizations that we're in partnership with, it's all there, uh, so you can, uh, you can get, get connected to serve or even give, so...
0: So today is day 21 of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, every year, twice a year, we corporately fast and pray together as we start a new season. So we do it at the beginning of the calendar year, and then we also do it at the beginning of the school year in September. And you know, God just always does incredible things through these fasts. And it's amazing too because so often we don't see all of it immediately. Now, we, there are some things that we've already begun to see that God's doing in in small pockets and and but a lot of it ends up being seeds that are sown and planted And then we begin to to see the fruit in the next few months. And so I don't know about you, but I am so jazzed for everything that God's going to bring about through this time of really consecrating and making sure that our focus is always him. And I have to tell you that so often with these new seasons come new assignments and new challenges, more challenging assignments. And that's a little bit of what we want to talk about today.
1: If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter four, Matthew chapter four, if you're online, Matthew chapter four, if you don't have a Bible or a device, I've got the big Bible behind me. So you'll be okay. uh, As we continue, what did Jesus do? You know, we talk about our uh, kids. probably too much, but we just, uh, it's, we're always talking about them, um, but we've also got two other kids, and they're actually furry creatures. They're our dogs, and they have a very unique relationship because my one dog, Rolly, he's 14, and just to get his attention is like, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I, you gotta like do all this stuff. You, oh, there, you know, um, but we've had him for a long time, and, and we love him very much, but then we have a, another little dog, and his name's Gizmo, and he's one years old. So, so you can just understand the dynamics between those two creatures, right? And that little guy, let me tell you, he loves Roly, uh, and I think Roly does too. But there's times where, you know what I'm saying? He just gets tired of it. And, 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 and Gizmo just wears him out. All the, We separate. But, you know, he's jumping on his, because he's littler than him, right? He's, he's jumping on his back and biting on his ears and trying to play with him all the time. And, you know, uh, Rolly gets get kind of tired of it most of the time. But there's this one thing that's hilarious that our dogs always do. And that is, we just let them eat out of the same bowl, all right? We're, we're trying to teach them, like, the, the beauty of sharing, if you will, Right? And so they don't have different food. They like literally eat out of the same bowl and drink out of the same water. But it's just hilarious to watch how they interact when this goes down all the time. And so what usually happens is because Rolly's kind of the alpha, he's always first and he gets to eat first, right? And, and so he'll go over there and he can, like, growl and then Gizmo will run off. And so, so he'll start eating, right? And then it isn't even like five to 10 seconds later, all of a sudden that little dog will come Right and flying over the back of Rolly and right to his ears, pouncing from behind. As soon as he turns his back and starts eating, I'm telling you, this little guy just, just jumps right onto his back going after that food. It's, it's h- hilarious how we watch this all the time and it's like every single day. And you know what? In similar, in similar way, th- there are patterns... Uh, when the enemy tends to pounce on our backs. I don't know if you've recognized this before, but there's, there's, there's different ways of how he does it. And usually it comes in, in, in some type of a pattern. And most of the time we've got our back tur- tor- turned towards him and he's teeing off on us. And in Matthew ch- chapter four, Jesus has just fasted for not just 21 days, but 40 days. To give you a little bit of context, in John chapter 3, uh, Jesus has just been baptized by John the Baptist, and he's really beginning his ministry. And so before he starts his ministry, he goes into the wilderness for a time of prayer and fasting. And I want to I look at the enemy's strategy with Jesus during this time and how Jesus combated His attacks because we as a church, I want you to know, we're coming off this fast and I believe our church is entering into an incredibly important time where we need to be ready and aware of the tactics of the enemy because he is prowling. And I want you to know that this church is winning. It's being effective in this community. It has for over a hundred years and it's got a hundred more years to go. But I'm telling you, the enemy realizes that. And if you're feeling opposition right now, it's probably because you're doing the right thing. If, if you feel like it's coming down on you, if you catch yourself in a valley, I want you to know that's where you grow. And I want you to know that's, that's where the battle is. So don't quit. Keep moving forward, right? And so Jesus is, is, is coming to the end of these 40 days, and the enemy knows what's about to be unleashed on earth, and he is upset about it. And we must be ready to resist the enemy, not just in the ways we think that we should do it, but how Jesus model it for it. And we see it in this account.
0: What did Jesus do? Amen. All right. Matthew four. We just said Jesus has just been baptized. He was publicly affirmed by God, the father. He's ready to walk into public ministry. What's so amazing is that the preparation was what? Fasting in the Not in the sunlight, not on the beach, in all the good times, in the wilderness. Look with me, Matthew 4, starting in verse 1. Then Jesus was led, wait, by who? By the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the tough times. Somebody needs to hear that today, friends. God doesn't just lead us into the amazing blessing. Sometimes because we need preparation, he leads us into the hard stuff too. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, some versions say tested, by the devil. This is the preparation for Jesus' next season, his next level, his next assignment. We have to remember, I wrote this in my notes, preparation ain't usually pretty. Somebody needs to hear that today. It's, it's those times of getting in the grit and wrestling it out. We've talked about that as well. Verse 2, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. <laughs> he was hungry. Hungry. That. And the tempter came to him. I want to stop there because I want you to recognize that the enemy is coming to Jesus as a part of his preparation in a time of great weakness. But the enemy is coming because he's terrified. He knows the prophecies. He knows the assignment on God's life, and that is why he is coming. He doesn't even realize that God's going to use it to actually help prepare Jesus. He's just coming because he's scared. Let's go back to verse 2. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God tell these stones to become bread. Now think about that for a second, because I feel like the Lord showed me something new in the last couple weeks about this passage that I've never seen before. Because if the temptation was just for Jesus to eat, then why wouldn't instead of stones, he put a stake in front of him? Anybody with me? like a big old T-bone with garlic butter. Some of y'all are just salivating like right right now. Why wouldn't he do that? Why was the temptation stones turned to bread? And this week I was uh, praying through that and really trying to get a picture of Holy Spirit, what does that mean? When I read scripture sometimes, maybe you've experienced this, the Holy Spirit will just highlight something, and he just wants me to wrestle that out with him, and he's dropping new nuggets into my thought life, into my heart. And I realized that stones in that day and age were weapons. Stones were weapons that were used in battle or used to attack those that were being accused of something. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke and he said, the danger here is not just getting nourished. The danger is that you're drawn to the weapons of attack to nourish your soul. That the enemy can use that in your seasons of weakness that you crave wanting to attack someone else. You crave wanting to hurt someone else because you think it will bring some kind of nourishment to you. And that is not the word of the Lord. You know, people find nourishment in weird places. I was telling Pastor JF even this morning, I thought back to a roommate that I had when I lived in Colorado. Precious, amazing girl. Uh, really one weird habit she had. Anybody ever seen those uh, pink sponge curlers? My mama used to make me sleep in them in my hair to get this head of hair to do anything curled, you know? And um, my friend, I won't even say her name in case she's watching. She's. used to She said, it's weird, I know, and I gotta stop, but I just really like to eat them. What? (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I know you think I'm making this up. She would be in her room taking bits of these sponge curlers and eating them. What in the world? Jesus, help her. People find nourishment in weird places. And today... We have three questions that you need to continually ask yourself, especially in this season of coming off of this fast, in this season that we know God is calling us as a corporate body, yes, individually, but as a corporate body, to move into this next level and this next season. And the question, the first one I want you to ask yourself is, what am I feeding on? What am I counting on to nourish my soul? Am I... Am I looking to things that attack others and thinking that they will satisfy this emptiness inside of me? Because that's the danger. And that's exactly what the enemy was trying to get Jesus to do. Not just, hey, Jesus, here's some bread, eat it. No, Jesus, turn this if you're God. That's the other problem. Sometimes we think that we are God. And we're looking to turn stones into bread and thinking that they'll satisfy. So how does Jesus combat this temptation? This temptation that's given from the enemy. He does it the only way that any of us can. He speaks the truth of God's word. He speaks it into this situation. Look with me, Matthew 4. Verse four, this is how Jesus answers that temptation. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is saying in the middle of your emptiness, In the middle of your craving something more, don't look to attack others. You begin to feed on the truth of God's word and let him fill the empty places. This requires humility. This requires us recognizing that sometimes our nature, sometimes our natural cravings aren't necessarily from the Lord. And we have to check them with the word of God. And Jesus, when he quotes that to the enemy, is actually referencing a passage in Deuteronomy. And I want to read it with you because I think it gives us such clarity. You know, Jesus knew the word inside and out, not just because he was God, because he put off his godness, but because he dug into the word and he let it get into him. And he's responding in those moments of weakness, not with attack, but with the word of God. And I love this passage because it references that humility that this requires. Deuteronomy 8, starting in verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness. Do you see the parallels there? Jesus is going, oh, this is not the first time God's called his people to the wilderness, right? He said, these 40 years, see the picture there, 40 years, 40 days, to humble, maybe you want to underline that, and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Friends, some of what we're walking through is simply to expose those things. That's exactly what the Lord is saying here what's in our hearts, what's in the hearts of others. Verse three, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. Remember that daily bread, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. I I want you to, to notice what he's saying here. He's saying, you're gonna have to rely on me daily in a new way, in a way that you've never been taught before, in a way that you've never experienced before because I'm doing a new thing. Daily bread to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Friends, before in our weakness, before we react to that temptation, we have to humble ourselves and get into the word of God. That's where Jesus can change everything.
1: I love it. I love it. What am I feeding on? So let's go back to this part of the story where Jesus is here in the wilderness. Matthew 4, let's go to verse 5. Scripture says, then the devil took him to the holy city and he had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So the first question that we pose is, what am I feeding on? The second question that we have to ask ourselves, and that is, write this down, am I testing God or trusting God? Say it again. You got to ask yourself, am I testing God or am I simply putting all of my trust in what he says he's already done and what he's about to do? There's this lie of the enemy that that tries to sell us that we need to somehow prove that God can do something instead of simply doing what God has asked us to do.
0: Right. Yeah. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? So good.
1: And and really there's another, there's, there's another way of saying it. Like, we can get so convinced that the outward display of our sacrifice, right? That that, that that's more important than simply our obedience to what he's already instructed us. Right. Yeah. And this is this is a constant temptation. Am I actually trusting him or am I testing him? And 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 Jesus answers. Satan's temptation right here in verse 7. Look what he says. Jesus answered him, It is also written. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's also written. Yeah, that's there too. Uh, but there's something else. That, that you see, the enemy, the enemy, what does he do? He twists scripture. He says things out of context. He uses the word of God against you. But I want you to know there's always more there. All right? That's why context is so important, too, when you're preaching. Um, Got to do it. Kids, right? Kids, right? You know, you know, my kids are at that age right now, you know, nine and six. And they, they love each other. But they also like to get under each other's skin. You know what I'm talking about? And, I, you know, I mean, it's pretty, you know, we've all kind of parents. So back in the back seat, right? We're driving. The two kids are back there. And they, they have a way. Do you know what I'm talking about? Of, you know you did? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yes, you are. Don't you are? And they'll they'll get that going back and forth. No, you're not. Well, you're you're. Yeah, but you smell. No, I don't. And, and you know you, you know twenty minutes. You know past Lakewood, headed south on I five. You're already about to lose your mind, right? And and you're in your mind, guys, guys, guys. And it gets louder. I go, hey, What do you say? Don't test me, right? Parents don't say, "Don't test me," and it comes down, and they and they just keep it. Don't. Well, what am I saying there, right? What What do we say? Don't test me. We're saying, man, don't try me, man. Like, like, don't push it to the limit to see how far I'll let you go to see what reaction you're about right. to get. Yeah, and so great. often we do this with God, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this, is a, this is exactly what Jesus is quoting here, and, the, and where, the, where the scripture, where he's speaking to this unique situation where he finds himself with the devil. And let's go back to where he's pulling from, this Deuteronomy passage that Pastor Ashley opened up with. Deuteronomy 8, now go to verse 16. Here's, here's where he's pulling it from. He says, do not, scripture says, do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Masa. Now, now what happened at Masa? The people of God were quarreling with each other. Instead of pursuing unity, they were... Right? And what I want you to know, God hates quarreling. And it gets to a place where he says enough. I mean, just re- read all of the Old Testament, right? Like, like quarrelling, quarrelling, bickering, bickering, bickering. Well, Let's complaining. Let's go back. It was better back there. We liked it the way it used to be. God's not moving here. This is something else, right? You can sing that later. Now you'll remember that. That's good, right? So 16, do not, so he says, got to the test as you did at Masa, verse 17. Be sure to keep the commands of the Lord your God and the stipulations and decrees he has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that it may go well with you. Don't miss his picture. Jesus is saying that testing the Lord is always wrong. Whether you're, you're, you're putting your physical body at risk or the body of Christ and you can put the body of Christ at risk when you pursue quarrels. All right? And that's exactly what the scripture is saying here. And so obedience is always better than sacrifice. And this is found over and over in scripture. We, we had a bunch of them. I'm just going to read one. Proverbs 21, verse 2 and 3. A person may think may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice.
0: So powerful. Gosh, I love that picture. The temptation, the enemy saying, hey, Jesus, throw your body off of this place. And we're called the body of Christ, aren't we? Powerful. Let's go back to the passage, the final temptation here after he's fasted, when he's physically weak, and when he's about to go into that next level, that next season of everything God's calling them to. Let's look at verse eight. Scripture says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Question number one: What am I feeding on? Am I looking to my fleshly cravings and trying to get nourishment from what I think I want? Or am I feeding on the word of God? Question two, am I testing God? Am I am I throwing my body or the body of Christ out there? Or am I trusting him and actually? Fulfilling exactly what the word of God says, being obedient to his word. Question three What is getting my worship? What's getting my worship? Man, this sounds simple, it sounds basic. But, friends, if we can truly ask ourselves this over and over, the enemy will not have a foothold in what God's calling us to. What is worship? Worship is our adoration. Worship is what we're seeking. Worship is what we're putting higher than all of those other things. And what I love about this passage is that I noticed that Satan didn't offer something drastically different than what God was calling the Lord to do. God has Jesus building his kingdom here on earth and Satan is also offering a kingdom but not the one that God wants to build he's trying to make that comparison and I want you to see that because every day that we wake up every moment of our lives we have a choice are we working to build the kingdom of God or are we working to build our own kingdom and that has everything to do with our worship friends Everything to do with what we put first in our lives. Everything to do with what we give our attention and our energy to. And I want you to see this. In that moment, Matthew 4, let's look at verse 10. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And in that moment, the devil left him and angels came and attended him. But what I love is the depth that's found when we see that Jesus is yet again quoting out of Deuteronomy. And I want you to see this passage because it offers a depth that I'd never seen before. Deuteronomy 6, let's look at verse 10. Scripture says, this is what Jesus is quoting. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers see this friends, there are promises that God's given you, that God gave maybe your ancestors. There are promises that God's given this church. And he's saying, before you can walk into it, before God brings you into this land, into this promise. Yes, he said it and we believe it. But before we walk into it, this is what happens. Look at this. When the Lord, your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you A land with large, flourishing cities you did not build. Houses filled with all kinds of goods you did not provide. It's a beautiful picture. Wells you did not dig. And vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, meaning when you're not hungry anymore, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery? Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Friends, I believe that for our church. I believe that for myself. I receive that for everything God is calling us into. What well, we have to understand. In that moment, the enemy is offering to give Jesus something. We know the enemy doesn't give. He comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, to distract. And in that moment, friends, we have to remember that God, yes, he said it. We believe it. Everything that he said will come to pass. We just need to not forget him. Not to forget who gets our worship, who gets our focus, making sure that it's His kingdom that we're always working so to build. Good,
1: so good. Well, we're going to pray here in a minute here, but those are the questions that really wrestle with this week. Meditate on them. Apply this word now Amen. to your life. Allow it to activate within your. Loved one's lives. Let's live this out. What am I feeding on? Like, what, like, what are you fill, filling your hunger with? Like, take a minute. What, What is that thing that uh, quenches you, if you will? Is it good things? Is it seeing others succeed? Or is it seeing others torn down? What is that thing that fills you? What, what, am I testing God or am I, or am I trusting God? Sacrificing or practicing obedience? Are you really trusting him today? I got to ask myself that. Or am I just putting him to the test? And what is getting my worship? Am I working to build God's kingdom or just my own little kingdom? And then every day, that, just that one question we can ask ourselves. And the way we know is through our fruit, right? It's important to constantly check what's coming out and ask yourself, is this building God's work? Or is it bringing disunity? Is it driving a wedge in the body of Christ? Come on, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Lord, I thank you for every person in this auditorium. God, I thank you right now for those that are watching online. I wonder today, as we read this story of Jesus who made a decision to go to a place that was uncomfortable, to do even more things that were more, even more uncomfortable to prepare his heart and his spirit for what he was about to do. God, the model that you set for us is one that we as your followers humbly pursue. And God, if we aren't, bring conviction. We repent. God, we want to look like you more every day. And we want to do what it is you have for us. Lord God, we have to ask ourselves, what are we feeding on? Are we feeding on the things of you? Is it you, your spirit, your work, your thoughts, your ways that are bringing nourishment to our spiritual man? Or is it something else? If it's something else, we just lay it at your feet right now. Search our hearts, like David said. Expose the dark places. Bring clarity. May the scales of old filters that we received information through, may they be gone. Give us fresh eyes, Holy Spirit. Uncondition old ways that we've allowed to rule our hearts and minds. May we open up our hearts and our ears to the cries of those that are marginalized, that need help, that are broken, that are desperate. God, break our hearts for this neighborhood, this community, this region, Pierce County, in Jesus' name, as we watched even the actions of last night in downtown Tacoma. May God, only you can bring healing. In Jesus' name, we don't have the answers, but you do. We're called to love. In Jesus' name, God, we're, we're pursuing trusting in you as hard as that is. May we never put you to the test. God, we want to obey what it is you've instructed through your word. God, we want to hear and, and, and react and respond and listen to your spirit in real time. In Jesus' name, God, we're going to give you all the worship. God, expose the areas of our hearts that's tearing away at your kingdom to build ours. God, we want your will in your ways and your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. So we as a church, we humble ourselves and we say, let it be so. If how we're doing things is not the way you want, let us, let us know that so we can be in alignment with what you're doing, God. That's our heart. I wonder if you're watching online right now or if you're in this auditorium, you say, Pastor JF, I just want to give my life to Jesus right now. I've heard, I've been listening to this series and, and Jesus has been working on my heart. I'm telling you right now, this is a moment. This is a sacred moment where you can say yes to him. If that's you in this auditorium, watching online on the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up, and I'm going to include you in my final prayer. Are you ready? One, two, three. Just raise your hand in this auditorium. Whether you're watching online, you can be a part of this too. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Awesome. Awesome. Lord, we come to you. We thank you, God, for your word and your instruction. God, I pray for my friends, those that have lifted your hands in this auditorium, watching online, just say a simple prayer like this. Lord, come into my life. God, I pray that you would forgive me of the mistakes that I've made, the sin of my heart. God, I give my life to you. You know all the broken areas, the pain, the stuff that nobody knows about. I just give it to you. I feel weak. I feel rejected, I feel oppressed, feel broken. I just speak healing to every brother, every sister right now. We receive you, Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that we, those that call ourselves your followers, God, may we apply this word to our heart today and even begin in this moment to look a little bit more like you, which means we're gonna look a little different (laughs) than we did even before we got here. So we thank you for this time together. We thank you for what this means in eternity for everybody here. I bless every friend in this auditorium and online. I'm honored. Pastor Ashley and I are honored and humbled to be their pastors. Thank you, God, for all that you are and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen.
0: Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.